to Mercer's Energizing the Employee Experience podcast with me, your host, Tyree Houghton. Each week, I'll be joined by guests who will share their experiences and insights to help you create a people-first workplace to attract and retain the best talent. On today's episode, we're going to be discussing diversity, equity, and inclusion, and I'm delighted to be joined by my brilliant colleagues, Michelle Sequeira and Donna Biggs. Thank you both so much for joining me today. Michelle, could you give a quick intro into who you are and and what your role is? Absolutely. Thank you, Terry. I lead a diversity, equity and inclusion consulting practice here at Mercy UK. And what we do is advise all sorts of organisations in a numerous amount of industries on their DEI strategies um, and also on implementation going forward as well. Fantastic. Thank you. And Donna? Yes, thank you, Terry. Um, Yes, I'm Donna Biggs. I am the... HR leader for Merthyr here in the UK and and of course heavily involved in our own uh, DNI strategy and how we bring um, an inclusive environment for our Merthyr colleagues across the organisation. Brilliant, thank you both. I'm really really excited about this podcast so let's just jump right in. Diversity and inclusion is a huge topic for businesses to tackle and the pressure on them to deliver is ever increasing, which is fantastic to see, but comes with its own challenges. So as a business or an HR person, when a topic is so broad, when it's a topic that means something different to each person, where do you start in order to make the biggest impact to both your employees and your business? I often think it's not about, you know, any quick wins or delivering things in in silo as as an organization can get bogged down with having so many things to do to help um, move the needle. Um, Often I talk about understanding the current state to actually build foundations. And wherever you are on the journey as an organization, it's important to, to understand that current state using both quantitative and qualitative data, as that will really help prioritize actions. Um, when I talk about data, it's it's three types of data that we typically look at with organizations. The first is examining one's workforce data for the, for the most impactful levers for taking action. So promotion differences, pay equity data. The second is the employee voice. In order to understand how employees are experiencing the culture and to understand the impact of policies and programs, you really need to hear from your employees directly. And then the third is reviewing your policies and practices to ensure that you are meeting your employees' needs. And analyzing all three is is critical to then develop that template to move forward. One cannot exist without the other. So I I really recommend as a starting point, looking at all three to understand one's current state. Thanks, Michelle. And Donna, from from your perspective and in practice, what's what's worked for you? Tyree, yes, it's really really interesting because um, DNI strategy seems to sit very firmly with HR, but of course, HR are not the Uh, experts here. We don't have all the answers to all the questions that get raised as part of a DNI strategy and how do we achieve um, our goals in this space. So it's really important for us to seek advice from from experts, um, to look at all of our data, as Michelle referenced, to hear our colleagues' voice, um, to make sure that we take a systematic approach uh, and, and to anchor everything back to the information we have to sort of find our baseline 
and then we can build on that. But the other thing that's absolutely vital is that your executive are bought into the process. This can't be simply a HR-led exercise done on the side of the rest of the strategy. It has to be central to everything you're doing around your people and your culture strategy. And it, it has to have the buy-in of all of your exec or your C-suite or whoever it is. It, it can't simply be a HR people process because it's vital to the success of the business. The most important things where you said there's a couple of points that sort of takeaway is, is one, it's that pausing, it's that getting that data. And I think so often people want to make quick, impactful changes and they try to do something in silo. And as you said, Michelle, it can't be done in silo, that actually it's that taking that step back and understanding that this is a long process. It's not something that's going to be achieved um, in a short term. So I I think that was really important. And then the other part that you talked um, Donna, it was around the the accountability and D&I forms part of businesses strategies. And as you say, it falls with HR and you need to get that buy-in. But how do you go about elevating those discussions to get buy-in and support on your strategy at all levels in your business from your C-suite, but also all your employees? Because ultimately they've got to buy in too. Firstly, yes, you're absolutely right about the C-suite and the exec and the CEO needing to be accountable and have buy-in. But it's never just the C-suite's responsibility. It has to be cascaded throughout the organization because every single person in the organization has a role to play. Um, But if you can tell a story that everybody can understand and all colleagues can really feel that they are part of that story, then that's half the job done. The colleagues need to understand what it means for them, how it's going to help their careers, how it's going to help them feel happy at work and thrive and be themselves at work, which ultimately everybody wants to feel that they can be themselves at work. I love how you talk about telling a story with it, because I think it's just such a powerful way to do it. If I could just add to that, because I completely agree, Um, you know, it's important to tell the story and engage everyone. And and. And yes, I, I agree, you know, start with that C-suite and the senior leadership. They, um, it's helpful to understand that company data, for most organizations, they love to see the impact and, and the numbers behind it, but it helps to have those local change leaders to then start to cascade across. Um, if I just touch on the line managers and individuals for a quick second, if you don't mind. We, Mercer wrote a report in collaboration with Reba in 2021, and we actually found that line managers lag far behind when it comes to policy and everyday practice at that line manager level, particularly around factors with DEI. And so engaging our our mid-level managers is going to be imperative um, to ensure that the employee experience is is truly felt and and is one that, that, that will ensure that everyone Thrives and and the way that it's it's worked with organisations is including them in in coming up with initiatives and ensuring they have the right guides and the templates and the conversation starters to help enable them. And then the second piece was on indiv- individual contributors that I wanted to add. I do think that change. Um, you know, change starts and continues with all of us. We can all um, influence that and. Um, Drew Dudley talks about everyday leadership 
Um, there's a TED talk that he did about lollipop moments, um, which anyone can have a listen to in their own time. But essentially, we all um, can act as leaders, even as individual contributors, and we could all make a change. And I think, you know, um, the reason I'm saying this is that the accountability should be felt across the organization so we can all influence and make each other's lives better every day. Thanks, Michelle. And I was talking to one of my clients the other day, and he was saying to me that one of his biggest challenges is that everyone's perception is so different. So when you are trying to get that buy-in, how do you cover all bases to address each person's interpretation of it and each person's needs? And I think that is a massive challenge when trying to put a strategy in place. Yeah, absolutely. We often talk about inclusive leadership and inclusive training as journeys because it's to that point right you can't have a session that will will cover everyone's definitions and everyone's understandings so having you know longer term journeys that have touch points and and continue to embed the understanding and challenge people's behaviors make often make the most impact so i would start with that i also think that there is an unbelievable amount of importance and power that can be had with the right communications and consistent communication. So not something that's ad hoc, because then, you know, you are reiterating the right messages. You are helping all employees to understand what are the values and, and behaviors that we want within our organization. What are the, what is the culture that that we expect and we want to be driving towards. And I think that that helps overall with, with all, all colleagues, irrespective of where they are on their journey. Yeah, I think um, add to that, Michelle, that, that this, the process we've been through as an organization is a, a, really, a really interesting one because yes, we set out our stall um, and our strategy at the start, end of 2020 for you know, the 2021 and beyond, the three to five year strategy, but it's not a once and done piece of work. You have to continue reiteration and reviewing and taking a look at you know, the macro environment that's changing as well as what's changing in your organization. So yes, we talk about looking at data, but that's not just once when you start to set this out, it's on an ongoing basis. Um, and a good example in, in Mercer is that, you know, we have got a change of leadership and a change of CEO. So it's an important point to sit back and sit again and say, right, okay, does our strategy still, is it still reflective of where we want to go? Is it still re reflected of what we want to achieve? And going through that process on a regular basis and reiterating that message and continuing to cascade and learn and educate on like it's, uh, you know, it's, it's completely embedded as part of our culture. Uh, and a lot of this is cultural and a lot of it is about having a culture that is completely inclusive forever if you like I, I love that Donna where you were talking about a different CEO and needing to like think about it again essentially um, and understanding that the strategy may have shifted and it's not a strategy that stays in place but it's just constantly evolving with different people different climates everything impacting it and I think that's probably something a lot of people don't think about so We've talked about how do you tackle this as a topic, and we've talked about the importance of understanding accountability and getting the buy-in. 
So the foundations are all built, but how do you actually execute a strategy? And this is probably a very long answer for people to uh, to give. But if you're able to sort of give the top three tips that you have around how to do it and how to achieve maximum success. Why don't I start with that one? Um, so beyond your current state, right, I there are three areas that I would prioritize aligning to your top three tips. The first, as we've already reiterated, is engage senior leadership and all employees in the in actions to progress DEI. Organizations need to think, you know, how do we engage every stakeholder on the journey? And actions that typically help are those awareness and collaboration sessions that I mentioned, getting managers to help with prioritization of programs and initiatives and the organizational voice. The second is taking action, a clear DEI strategy that ensures equality of opportunity, experience and pay is, is, is one that's most successful. And actions that make a difference there around, um, surround capability building, bias-free talent management processes, robust pay equity practices and, and change management and communication. And then the third piece that is critical for success in, in, in my belief is accountability. We need to measure results, demand accountability and share transparently. Only a quarter of organizations actually have goals that are tied to reward. And I often say that what gets measured and rewarded actually gets done. Um, and you know, actions that really make a, a difference in that space is establishing suitable metrics and goals, implementing a dashboard, reviewing and communicating how one's progressing with their, with their metrics and how they're getting on as well. So, so I think um, when we were looking at our, our, our strategy, there was a lot of things to do. So I think um, one of the, the, my first tip would be prioritize what you need to do and do some big things really well. So, so find the things that will have the greatest impact and do them really well rather than taking a scattergun approach. Um, number two would be listen to the organization and by that I mean colleagues and adjust and reflect what you do, what you need to do to um, reflect the wider community. Black Lives Matter was a really good example of that. You, you need to adjust what you're doing if something happens in the macro environment that impacts everybody. Um, and continue, the third thing I would say is continue to review your strategy. Don't leave it as a once and done. Don't treat it as something you've, oh, I've done it and put it in the drawer. Keep it keep reviewing it, keep looking at your data and your metrics. Um, and, and so it's a continual process. It's an evolution. Thanks, Donna. And to not to fully put you on the spot with this, but Michelle talked about measuring results and it'd be good to understand what impact you've seen for what you've done so far. Yeah, our biggest measure of the employee voice for want of a better term, is our all colleague survey. Now we do poll surveys, but we do an annual all colleague survey. There are lots of areas where we know we need to improve across different aspects of our, our uh, employees' experience at work, but we see results in our uh, diversity and inclusion areas that are really strong. So, for example, 86% of our colleagues feel comfortable being themselves at work. 
and 86% of colleagues in the business are treated with respect, regardless of their personal characteristics or background. And when you see results like that coming through, where, you know, in a, in a survey that goes to every single person across our organization, then you know that you're getting something right. I wouldn't say that we absolutely get everything right. And we know we've got a, we're on a journey. Um, and as I say, you know, we're reviewing things again now to see what we need to do next. But those sorts of results, I think, are ones to anchor our success to. It's brilliant. Thank you for sharing that, Donna. Probably a tricky question again for all of you. Um, but companies are all at different stages of their journey. Some of them are just starting. But for those that are early adopters, what's next for them? What to you does true success look like with this? So we, you can look um, very sort of um, ambitiously at this. And, and I think sometimes uh, Michelle and I have discussed, talked about this, that ultimately where you want to get to is a position where you don't have to have a DNI strategy. You don't have to have a podcast like this. You don't, you don't need to have training for colleagues or for people managers on, on unconscious bias and the like, because we're living and breathing a truly inclusive environment where every colleague thrives and therefore the business thrives. As I say, it, 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 it is kind of utopian, but that's what we need to be driving towards is that future where you know, diversity inclusion is no longer a thing. And I would completely agree with that. Yes, we've had many conversations and we, we have the same thinking there. It would be ideal a situation where, where DEI was integrated into the DNA of the whole employee experience. It would be true success would then be, you know, where all our colleagues feel like they truly can thrive. Well, thank you both so much for joining me today. I've really loved our conversation and hopefully it gives a bit of a framework and some top tips for some people out there who are just about to embark on their journey. Thank you for having us. Yes, lovely to talk to you, Tyree and Michelle. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast and thank you for listening. Please subscribe to keep up to date with our latest episodes. And if you have any questions, please do not hesitate to contact us at mercer.uk at mercer.com. Mm-hmm.